Hi, I'm Lucy James, and I listen to the One Up Gaming podcast. Hi, I'm Keith Allen, and I play Murphy on Z Nation, and I listen to One Up Gaming podcast. And we're back, it's One Up Gaming, it's me David. This week I've managed to find a new person, so if you just want to introduce yourself please. Hello, my name's Dean, and uh, I thought I'd come along and have a good chat. That's about it really. Thank you, I need people to talk to. Yeah. I got crazy, it got crazy on me on. Yeah, me too, me too. So, this is episode 220 of the One Up Gaming podcast. And as people might be aware, we've been going for about five years, which is a bloody long time. It's a long time. Yeah. And I think with me being so old and yourself being quite old as well, I think this show's going to go a bit more retro than normal. Yeah, I'd say so. I reckon so. Because it's like I have got, just bought myself three new white cabinet sort of displays and nice. in the displays I have got a Sega Saturn a Nintendo GameCube uh, the original Xbox, a Super Nintendo a Mega Drive the Xbox 360 HD DVD drive, a PS1 PS2 a Playstation fight, official fight pad thing Sega Master System 2 a Nintendo Entertainment System the Do- Donkey Kong Bongos and Game a Dreamcast and the Nintendo 64 with the Ouya on the top with some Ninja Turtles, a 20-inch sort of crap screen, <laughs> a Sega Saturn fight pad and the official Dreamcast and the official Sega Saturn steering wheels. Wow. And I've just got games and stuff all over the floor in this room at the moment. That's, that's an impressive collection. I used to have a lot, a hell of a lot of games, but when I yeah. moved from Glasgow back down to the Middlesbrough area, I sold about £2,000 worth of stuff. Yeah. So, unfortunately... It's, that's the problem. I used to have a, a lot of Mega Drive games, but they just take up so much space. And I never really played most of them, to be honest. But they look, they look nice on the shelf, but mm. I don't know. They take up a lot of space. And uh, they are getting worth a lot of money as well now, aren't they? Yeah, I didn't realise, but I was in one of the groups and someone put up saying, is this game worth anything? And I was going to say, no, it's crap. Yeah. And it's very, very, like, easy to get hold of. I picked it up for £5 last week. What game was it? It was the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Hyperstone Heist for the Mega Drive. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And everyone was saying, no, it's like 50 quid now. Is it? Is it really? Yeah, that, but that's what they were saying. <laughs> wow. Okay. And yeah, the, I've only got two Mega Drive games, and that's Altered Beast and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game. I might have some at my girlfriend's house. I had a big drawer full of crap that I was trying to sell on eBay. Yeah. But I've got hundreds of Dreamcast stuff. I've got every single light gun game for the PS2 and PS1. Because I love nice. light gun games. I've got all yeah, the light gun prices. games. For the Sega Saturn. I love Virtua Cop. Mm. Classics. And House of the Dead. Brilliant games. 
I've always felt House of the Dead was massively overrated. Really? Yeah. I liked oh. the skill and p- precision of the Virtual Cop series. Yeah, yeah. But I, I don't know. I, li- I liked House of the Dead. That was uh, House of the Dead 2, I think it was. Was, uh, it was in an arcade before I used to go out downtown. Yeah. So it was like a tradition, you know, have a few drinks, play House of the Dead and, and go out and have more drinks. Oh, so well. I've got a bit of like a connection with that one. So that, yeah. That's, plus, it, as you say, it's more arcadey as well. Mm. So you can play it when you're drunk, so it's fine. Yeah, you just blast, <laughs> blast it out of the screen. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Wasting money. So, Dean, we might as well stick to the sort of script that the One Up Gaming podcast has been doing for the last few years. Okay. What games have you been playing this week? Retro, modern, anything? Um, Well, this week, actually, uh, last week I bought um, Enter the Gungeon on the PlayStation Store because it was like six quid or something like that. I've never played it before. Yeah. And it's actually really good. It's like a twin stick shooter, um, kind of roguelike thing. I've never really played a roguelike before, but I'm feeling it. It's rock hard, though. <laughs> have, you, have you ever played it? I haven't, no. Um, mm-hmm. Whenever someone says roguelike, I just turn off. Yeah, I was like that, to be honest with you. And I mean, but... I've, I've actually bought loads of stuff on PC when they're like, down to like a quid. Yeah. And... I've never touched them. I've never loaded them up, and but... yeah, I was I was exactly the same to be honest. Mm. But seeing this, like, cause I think it was reduced from about fifteen quid, so I thought I'd take a punt. Yeah, and it's good. It's and I, obviously I don't play roguelikes, so I don't know if it is like other roguelikes, but it's just like almost like bullet hell, and uh, the dungeons are different every time you play it. So it's a different game every time, and yeah being called Enter the Gungeon, it's all about the guns, and you get some mad combination of guns and different firing patterns and that, and yeah, it's really good, it's worth, worth checking out. Because I mean, I, I always used to, one of my favourite genres of games, which are nearly died off now, is the vertical screen shooters. Oh yeah, you've got you to gotta love the shoot 'em ups Yeah. It, it it does feel like a shoot 'em up in ways. The, uh, the enemy, you've got a, um, a dodge dodge button which rolls you forward and you're invincible when you do that so it's all about dodging the enemy attack patterns while shooting them and you have a, a like an active reload as well a bit like you know gears of war where you had to press the button at a certain time when you're reloading yeah it's a bit like that kind of thing so it's it's a bit more it is like a shooter but room based i don't know it's hard to explain it's it's very good very good mm. i think i'll be playing that for a bit I might give that a go sometime. I'd recommend it. Definitely if you can get it uh, cheap. I won't pay £15 for it, but... Yeah. <laughs> you know. Definitely worth it. It's worth, like... It's like one of them games you play for a weekend, every now and again. Don't you think it's quite amazing that these games now on, like, the Xbox Live and the PSN, where the games themselves look amazing and they've got, like, five hours of gameplay, and people mm. go, oh, 20 quid, that's too much. But like yeah. you look back like twenty years, and the PS One stuff's nowhere near as good, and you're paying like fifty quid a game. Oh yeah, definitely. It's just crazy. But I always see it like you'd pay ten, fifteen pounds to go to the cinema for a couple of hours. Yeah. So twenty quid on a five-hour game, it's it's a bargain, really. Yeah. And there is some that's, really that's really good games there. Yeah, definitely. So anything else? Um, yeah. 
<laughs> a bit embarrassingly, I picked up a Persona 5 as well. I've always been interested in Persona, but never played it. Um, It's not very good, to be honest. I don't not... like JRPGs. No? No, I've never liked any of them. I like the, uh, the uh, classic Super Nintendo ones, Chrono Trigger and that. No, no. No? I quite got into the... Was it the Mistwalker games for the Xbox 360? Is it yeah. Blue Dragon and yeah? There was the other one which was like the Immortal guy, which I really got into that one. But I can't remember what the it's called. No, I, I didn't play um, much of the Xbox era to be honest. Mm. I kind of fell out with gaming, uh, and then went back to like Mega Drive and stuff. So I played that for a long time. Oh yeah, and if you're gonna stick around on here for a bit, you might as well know I made a developer cry once. Yeah? <laughs> Why did you because say Because so? I said that the Zelda, the Ocarina of Time, was massively overrated and it's just broken nowadays. And he was like, no, that's the game that made me a developer and he started crying. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'd agree with you, to be honest. It's a great game, but... Back in the day, it'd have been amazing, but now it just doesn't work. Yeah, but the, the thing is, there's, much, there's a lot better games out there to play now. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're going to play Zelda, you play Breath of the Wild, surely, or Link to the Past or something like that. Yeah. You know, I mean, Ocarina was, it was good at the time, and I played it on the 3DS when it came out as well, but I played it on holiday, so I was, it was more like a an isolated experience with it. So I enjoyed it then, but I don't think I'd go back to it now, to be honest with you. Hmm. It is, it's a bit, it's a bit broken, as you say. Yeah, I think it's just the controls and the movement was a bit weird. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it doesn't feel as big anymore, like Hyrule Field. Mm. It used to feel massive when I was younger, but now it's 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 not. It's like the size of a garden kind of thing compared <laughs> compared to when you compare it to Grand Theft Auto and stuff like that. It's, yeah, it doesn't stand up at all. No, but I feel the same with a bit controversial like Final Fantasy VII as well. I don't think that's a very good game. No, well, I, don't, I get, I don't I get like a it. lot of flack for that. I don't like that. I don't like Pokemon either, so... I've um, never really played it, to be honest. Mm. It made me miss a bus, uh, train stop, so I don't like it. <laughs> well, it came out, we were about the right age when Pokemon came out. I think so. I was in either the last or second from last year of secondary school when it came out. Yeah, I think I'm the same age as you, I'm 36 this year, so... I'm 36 now, 37 in a few months. Yeah, that's so. it. Yeah, I think when the Red Blue came out, I was quite into it for a few weeks, and then I've never touched any since, apart from the brand new ones that just came out a couple of years ago for the 3DS. Yeah, yeah. Whatever they were called. And then I just felt it was exactly the same, and you haven't really tweaked that much of it, really. Yeah, that's it. Um, my girlfriend at the time had Pokemon Blue, I think, and I'd, I'd a little go with that, and and it, all the games just seemed the same all the way through, like pretty much the same story and whatnot. Yeah. So I just wasn't really that interested. Yeah. I did get into the card game a bit, though. It was a bit sad. But no, I, I, I never never touched that at all. I got a bit addicted to that at one point. <laughs> yeah, well, everyone's got a cross to bear. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, that's, that's all I've been playing, really, this week. Right, then. Um, yeah, what have you, you been playing? Right, I've had a very eclectic sort of week. 
Yeah. I bought Mother Russia Bleeds because it was in the sale for about three, four quid. Okay. And from what I remember a couple of years ago when they were showing it off, it was basically like a Streets of Rage, but a very gory, bloody sort of version. All right, okay. And it, I've had a, a 10, 15 minute just turn on and quick go on it. Yeah, check it out. And it, it seems quite good. It's a lot faster than a lot of the other sort of like scrolling beat em ups nowadays. So you can actually get around the screen and fight and dodge, and it seems really fun. Okay, I've never heard of it. I'll have to check that out. I, yeah. I like the old games. Yeah, I, I love those sort of games, like Ninja Turtles, Final Fight, all those sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, next game, again, very completely different, but Gran Turismo Sport. Oh, nice, yeah. Good game. And I just do the... I've never played the online mode where you have to literally log into a slot and wait two, three hours until the time starts to yeah. race. Yeah. I just do, like, the Korean mode where I just do a race and turn it off, do another race and turn it off. Yeah, that, that's all I've been playing on it as well, to be honest. Yeah, and I picked up the Wipeout Omega Collection. Yeah? Is that is that... The um, old games remastered or anything? I wish it I was. was. Looking at that. I wish it was. I wanted one, That's two, and three remastered, but they've actually done Wipeout twenty forty eight, Wipeout HD, and Wipeout Fury. Okay. Which is basically Wipeout twenty forty eight was the PS Vita game, and right. the HD and the Fury. The HD was the downloadable game for PS three, and yeah. the Fury was like an add on pack for it. Okay. Well, are they any good? I've never never played any of them ones. I've never played these ones, so that's why I bought it, and yes, they are amazing. Oh, okay. Really so good. I liked, I liked the first two on the PlayStation. They were excellent. Yeah, they were absolutely really. amazing, yeah. They're probably two of my favourite games on the PlayStation, to be honest. Mm. So it just blew me away. When, when the soundtrack came on, and it was like actual music and that. It was yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, with Prodigy and... All the other yeah, ones that was it. on. But I mean, yeah. I also picked up today Wipeout 2097. Good game, yes. Which, to our American listeners, that is Wipeout XL. Because for some yep. reason they changed the name over there. Because America, an extra large. They love it. Yep. <laughs> and I had a quick go and Prodigy came on and oh god, it was so good. It was groundbreaking at the time. It's like, amazing. Yeah. It's it, it so, sounds so weird now that something so simple can make a game amazing, but it, it did, it worked, didn't it? Yeah, and I think with the sequel to the Wipeout game, it made it a little bit faster, and it also changed that you didn't stop dead if you hit the, the barrier. Yeah. You could slide and grind across for a bit before you stopped. So that it just improved it. the gameplay and the feel of the game. That's it made it flow better, didn't it? Yeah. And another game, it was also for the PlayStation 1. I don't know if you'll have ever heard of it. Libre Grande? No, no, I don't think I have. It was a Namco-made, mm. sort of like soccer football game. Okay. But it's basically the FIFA Be A Pro mode, 20 years before FIFA did it. <laughs> right. You okay. basically have control of one person on the pitch and the camera spins around to look at the ball and look at you and it's very 
the idea is there, but because it's for the PS1, the camera's pretty rubbish and it's a bit jerky and... Yeah. But... Okay. It seems it's quite more, fun. More like a simulation. Like, you, you're... Uh, I would say... A, a footballer. I would say it's team. more of an arcade sort of game. You just select a player, he gets dumped in the middle of the pitch and you just run around and try and score. Okay. I don't think it's got, like, a full career mode. Mm. But I'll have to get it out and have a proper look at it. And then I saw a game for 50p. It's for the PlayStation 2. It's called Real Play Golf. Okay. And it came with a motion sensing mini golf stick. Oh, nice. Okay. So it's basically like the Nintendo Wii. You put the game in and you swing the golf club to hit. It's actually quite good. You know, some golf games are quite good, embarrassingly. So I and don't have a clue what I was doing, but I was just whacking the ball, and it was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> this is fun. <laughs> That's it. Nothing wrong with a bit of golf every now and again. Yeah, but I thought for 50p, with the golf club as well, I thought that can't go wrong. Yeah, exactly. So the last proper game that I've been playing, I've been on doing a lot of night shifts at work, and I've bought the Football Manager Mobile 2018. Oh, yeah, yeah. And technically speaking... It looks and plays very much like the football manager games from like the early 2000s. So it's very yeah. much stripped back and a lot more basic. But it's it's still really good fun to play and, and do. Are you a uh, football manager guy on the PC? I used to be, and then all of a sudden I realised I didn't have any time to play games. It's, it's very involved. Yes. <laughs> I used to play Championship Manager 2, I think it was. Yes, I used to love that game. I think I've still yeah. got that. Oh, no. I've got the original Champ Manager season 97-98 mm. by Eidos. And you, you could fly through a season in one sitting quite quickly. Mm. And that's what I liked about it. But then it got too, too many stats and yeah, attributes. It, and... I think the sweet spot was... On the original Xbox, the uh, Champ Manager, I think it was 2001, 2002, I can't, somewhere around mm. that sort of. Mm. And on that, I was like, th- like 40 years or whatever in the future. But yeah. the Xbox, yeah. the Xbox version had a really bad def- like problem, had a bug. It didn't generate enough new players every season. So when you actually <laughs> got so many years into the future, you had no good players to buy anyway, they were just all rubbish. Just all old men. Yeah. <laughs> so. so has the mobile version gone back, like dialed it back a little bit and made it more yes, simple? Yes, it is a lot more simple, a lot more streamlined. You can easily get through a, a season quite quickly. Oh, okay. I might have to pick that up. The only problem is, oh. is uh, did you ever play the Football Manager games on the PSP? Um, no, I didn't, know. I didn't know they were out on the PSP. Yeah, there was two or three that released on that. And the Android and the iPhone ports were basically the PSP game, but on the mobile. So it was funny for a time, because you could buy it for the PSP for 30 quid. Or you could buy it on the iPhone or the Android for, I think it was like 7.99. And it was basically (laughs) the same game, just in high resolution. Right, okay. But I guess (laughs) they couldn't charge 30 quid for a mobile game. Well, yeah. Um, I mean, 
Yeah, I might, I might pick that up actually because I. I'm a, a lorry driver for work, so I have to have a 45-minute break halfway through the day. So yeah. I can sit there and play champ, uh, football manager for 45 minutes, I reckon. I mean, uh, at my job, I do 12-hour shifts, and we're supposed to get a 40-minute break. Yeah. But because of what we do, it's you either sat doing nothing all day or you never stop and you just don't get a chance to have a break. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's fun. So Sometimes the last... it's better to work for a minute, so... Ooh, not with my job. Not, <laughs> not with my job. I don't want to get too into it, but basically, the job that I do, I used to work for Primark, which was horrible. Yeah. Horrible, horrible job. And I've moved over to be a support worker, is what they've called it. Okay. But on the advert that I applied for, it was, oh, help these people get back into the community, go shopping with them, help them learn to be more individuals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when I've got there, the first person that I'm working with is, I don't know, I'm, I'm not going to mention any names or nothing, but he's attempted to kill three people. Okay. And then <laughs> someone else that I'm working with now, they have to have four people looking after them at all times. Wow, okay. Because they, at a minute's notice, will suddenly mood will drop and they try to commit suicide with anything they can get their hands on. Wow. And when you try and stop them, they fight, bite, spit, punch, kick, just to get away to kill themselves. Right. And people have got bite marks, got bruised ribs, and luckily I just grab onto the bottom of the, uh, the, the thighs, like the top of the legs, and just hold on for dear life, and other people grab the top half, and <laughs> we had to... We had to lay on them for over half an hour a couple of days ago. Really? Just till they calmed oh. down. And my arms and hands and... I've got bruises on my hip and my knee where I was laying on the floor. So, yeah, that's fun. Pretty intense. Yeah. So if it's a, <laughs> if it's a quiet, boring day, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah, Cause yeah. Because it means that nothing's happened and you haven't had to restrain them. But it can just... One second, they're absolutely fine talking with them. The next second... Flip. Yeah, it is just, it is absolutely amazing. I'm, I've never known anything like it in my life. Wow. But do you enjoy it? I've only been doing it for uh, two months. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> and I've got no training in the that type of thing, so I just in feel as though I've been chucked yeah. in and see what happens. Yeah, but that's the best way sometimes, though, isn't it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, the last game that I've been playing is a game called... Oh, put my teeth back in. Mm. Newt 1, which okay. is a 3D platformer made by two developers, which, if all things go well, after we've done this section, we'll actually be talking to the developers. Yep. Um, it's basically a 3D platformer where there's no combat, no violence, and when you walk over objects, you colour them in, and you hit musical notes to add more music to the background. So it's a very sort of, I don't want to say simple, but it's a very sort of chilled experience. Yeah. And I'd say for a younger person, it does seem like nicely made, um, so that could be quite fun for people. It's really colourful as well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it does start to add a lot of colour to the actual, the backgrounds and and everything, so, but yeah, so hopefully, 
Um, we'll get some videos of that put up soon. And mm. that is about it for this section. Yeah. So me and Dean will go for a quick break. We'll stop the recording now and then we'll come back hopefully with a quick chat with the two developers for Newt 1. So back in a couple of seconds. And coming up next on One Up Gaming, this week's interview. And we're back from that break. It's still One Up Gaming, still episode 220. It's still me, David and Dean. Say hi, Dean. Hello. There we go. He's still here. <laughs> and we've managed to get two other people involved, so please just introduce yourself and say what you do. Hey, everybody. My name is Dev. And my name is Ari. And we are Dev and Ari. <laughs> so uh, I am the uh, like programmer, musician, high-level game designer at our little two-man studio and on our game, Newt One. And uh, this is Ari, and I am in charge of level design and the art of the game. And he also does all the amazing storytelling. Oh, and the story of the game. (laughs) So, the game itself then. When will it be released, and is there a price point for the game? Yeah, so actually we're super excited about this. It's coming out in uh, just a few days from recording on February 14th. Uh, our our like MSRP retail price is nine ninety nine, but it'll likely rarely actually be at that price. So we're we're definitely going to do some pr- very highly discounted launch window sales, and uh, we're looking at doing some bundles. Uh, it's also going to be available uh, initially. It'll be available for Mac and PC for purchase on itch.io or itch.io as I like to call it, and also for as a, uh, an on demand game on Utonic. And then later on in the year, we're going to be releasing on multiple other platforms as well. Some of those about which we can't speak right now until things are kind of buttoned up. But we're very excited to release it and then continue to support it on multiple platforms throughout the year. So you say nine ninety nine is that dollars? Yes, USD. Yes. I'm sorry. Should've, should've. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Everyone works in dollars apart from us. So... You could say it's the perfect Valentine gift, then, couldn't you? That's the hope. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> go buy it for your other half. True. True. Yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> so the well, you're really lonely, and you want to buy it for yourself on Valentine's Day. Like, well, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's it. Or your mum could buy it for you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you will always love me, no matter what. <laughs> I'm feeling quite sad now. So anybody should be able, uh, should be able to play it. Um, so yeah, it's it's a, it's a perfect game to to get for for pretty much everybody. So I guess this is the part where we sort of say, give us the elevator pitch for the game. Okay. <laughs> uh, Note One is a musical 3D um, colorful platformer that rewards uh, players for how much life they bring into the game world instead of uh, how much life they take away uh, from it. There we go. <laughs> as nice as you can make it, I think. I think one of the, the uh, key aspects is how nonviolent the game is, and that what we're trying to do is make something that will get people to feel happiness and not just stimulation. 
that makes sense. Because, I mean, I don't know why, but when I got the email sent through saying it was a an indie game made by two developers, in my mind, I automatically thought 2D sprite-based. That's the normal thought, I think, uh, when people hear definitely, like, indie game right now, I think is a lot of people, when they hear that, the first thing they think is something that is a 2D sprite-based side-scrolling platformer, especially also two-person indie game team that's making a platformer. Uh, Ari and I actually both have, uh, we met in graduate school, and we both have a master's in 3D animation and special effects. So uh, it was never really in question for us if we were going to be doing something in 3D or not. And uh, the way that the game was actually even born was uh, Ari just posted one day like, hey, I'd really like to make a game. At this point, he was living, um, we were living about 2,000 miles apart from each other. And uh, I, I just saw it in his like Facebook feed, and I was like, yeah, me too, let's, let's do something. And I don't think we ever even had a discussion as to whether or not it would be 2D or 3D or, or what type of game it would be. It, I think we just dove in and started making this game. It was very different when we started. It was a very kind of generic 3D platformer. Uh, but, yeah, it's like I, I think that's one of the things that um, has allowed us to uh, make it kind of more of a special game is that when you only have two people making decisions, it's kind of a binary thing. It's either we both agree or we don't. If we both agree, then we do it. And uh, so that allowed us to be a little bit more focused with a, like a, a really small, I mean, tiny, tiny team. You can't get any smaller unless you're just a single person, or like one person who's like missing part of their body. And then to have like a, a, a 3D game that's, you know, as well focused as it is from a couple friends making it where we, we have an idea of what we want to do. I, I think that's, that's a little bit different. And it does, it does kind of surprise people. Interestingly, I think, you know, when you tell people, you're making uh, an indie game and you're a team of two, uh, one of two things happens. Either they, they get like really surprised when they see that it's 3D or they're like, hmm, I don't see many things like this. How are you going to tell people about this? You know, it's, it's, so this is uh, the, one of the um, hurdles that we've had to deal with a lot recently. Is like, how do you get people to understand what it is you're doing when that's the first thing that you hear, you know? Yeah, so was the game created in like Unreal or one of the other sort of like off-the-shelf engines? We we were using uh, Unity. Where were you using uh, Unity? Um, we thought at the beginning that we wanted to use maybe Unreal, um, but I have a, a dinosaur of a Macintosh at home. It's like 10 years old, and I could barely open Unreal, so uh, Unity um, seemed a lot more user-friendly. And I think we just basically kind of started working with uh, Unity. Um, I think Dev has some more um, experience programming in Unity, so that also kind of helped us stick with uh, with Unity for the making of the game. Yeah, I've shipped uh, projects in both Unity and Unreal, even going back to like Unreal Three. So uh, it's 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 been a while, but I think one of the the benefits of it is um, like Unreal is great for specific types of games, and we weren't really making a first or third person shooter, you know, anything like that. Uh, and Unity allowed us to, as Ari was saying, I think he called his computer a dinosaur. Uh, it runs beautifully on his, uh, was it 2008 or 2009 iMac? 2007. 2007. So, yeah, uh, almost old enough to drive here. And yeah. it's, uh, it, the game runs beautifully on that. We have, we've actually demoed it at shows uh, like on my, with my computer that's running like a 1050 GTX right next to his 2007 
uh, iMac and people are playing them on both of them and it's you know it's running and behaving really well and, and that has really helped with the accessibility of it too uh, that's good to know because as I said earlier my graphics card broke so now I know I can play it at least on my old PC I don't need yeah, it I like a 1080 or anything on my Mac laptop all the time like just my really? 15 inch Mac laptop HDMI'd into a oh okay I've got, a, uh, I've got a MacBook Air here so oh, okay cool I bet you, yeah, I bet you it would run, it would run beautifully on that thing, believe oh, it or not. Oh, nice. Okay, cool. I'll definitely check that out. And if you really wanted to, you can, like, you, you can toggle the uh, resolution down to, like, 600 by 400. <laughs> if you just really, really yeah, want yeah. to do yourself, you could do that. Yeah, say, unfortunately, I couldn't play it, but, I mean, looking at the videos, it looks so, like, nice and colorful. It's, it's totally my style, so I really want to try it out, so... Actually, one of the things that I do want to bring up about the engines and uh, the game and how accessible it is with the colors, uh, while we were starting the game a couple years ago, uh, Unity had released, or they had updated their beast lighting system or something, and all of a sudden we had like volumetric lighting and, and better real-time shadows really early on. This was maybe 2016, really early 2016 or 2015. Yeah. Even. And... Um, the early versions of the game, we had real-time lights, and even new, even had like a light on the top of her hat. That would that's part of why it would like it still like wobbles around. And it was actually kind of by accident that one day I turned off shadows and rendering, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, look how beautiful this is!" It's all like you can see all of the color and all of all of Ari's uh, artwork, and it was just kind of popping off the screen. Yeah, it made it, it pop, yeah, yeah, and, I, and it, it gives it kind of a specific look too because it, it it looks kind of retro but it's not really low poly and and I, I think you can finally finally i say now a couple of years later but at that, at that moment i was like i think this is how the game should look it looks really crisp as a result of that yeah and everything, everything looks so grungy nowadays and it's nice to see something as you say crisp and colorful it's, it looks nice man it looks really nice definitely <laughs> ari's artwork is definitely not grungy that's for sure <laughs> <laughs> the exact opposite Oh, no, I, I tried to do something uh, grungy back in uh, school because even um, classmates and teachers would be like, your, your work is always sharp. Can you do something else other than that? And I was like, okay, fine, I'll do it. And I did uh, what I call MUD with, with a project, and everybody loved it. And I was like, okay, well, there. I proved that I can do it. I'm never going to do grunge again. <laughs> <laughs> and now we're launching into a world where for the last, like, I don't know, eight years, ten years, has been, like, dominated by brown FPSs. And we're yeah. doing, like, a, a third, you know, third-person 3D platformer that's super bright colors. So we're definitely bucking the trend. It's cool. It's cool. I like it. So, so, as you say, the last 10, well, maybe even 20 years, has been dominated since maybe even the original Halo sort of come out of first-person shooters. How has the response been from basically telling people you're making a non-violent, hyper-colourful, like, platform sort of game? You know, it's, it's been interesting. We've, we've um, displayed the game throughout the um, last couple of years. Um, I think the, the first year of production, we didn't really display it much, but then during the second year in 2016 is when we started uh, showing it more to the public at conventions. And it is interesting because you could see players look at it from afar and then they would get close to try to play it. And then you would also see other players l going and um, 
stopping by our booth, looking at the graphics and going, Ugh, this is not for me. So it was it was very interesting for us to really see how the game found its own audience by itself and people that love uh, more realistic, more um, perhaps shooter games, they would look at our, our graphics and look at our gameplay and be like, yeah, that's not for me. And it, it also worked the opposite way. People that wanted something more relaxing, more fun, or maybe more bright or colorful, they would be drawn to uh, to the game. So we didn't really have to sell much the game for the idea of like, hey, if you like games, come play it, try our game, please. It was almost people would find it and be like, oh, that's something I would like to give it a try. So that really make, made it pretty easy for us to to promote, I guess, that video and, and invite people to play uh, the game on the first uh, stages. And I, I think what what you're uh, asking too is like when you tell people what we're ma- what we're doing, they have a very different idea than when they actually see it. You know, like I, actually just telling someone like I, I went to a, a conference uh, meetup yesterday and I was telling the guy who was sitting next to me who's a, 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 an Android developer at, at a, a Fortune 500 company, and we're talking about what our day-to-day lives are, and then uh, and I was like, oh, yeah, and I'm also working on this game, and I explained it to him, and he was like, I'm not sure I understand what you're saying, but I'm pretty sure as soon as you put the game in front of him, it becomes kind of self-evident, and I think what Ari's saying is, like, when people are um, at the conferences that uh, and the, the cons at which we've um, exhibited the game, the people who want, like, you know, headshots and, and chainsaws and murder, they, they look at our game, they immediately go, yeah, I'm just going to keep moving. But uh, the people who want something colorful and fun and don't really know that they want what it is that we're making, when they see it, they, they go, oh, that's what I've been you know, been wanting. That is what I, for what I've been looking at. I just didn't know it. And um, we do have a couple things that kind of set us aside, like you were saying. It's like 3D. You tell people it's a team of two people making a 3D musical platformer. They're like, oh, that's interesting. It's like, oh, yeah, it's also nonviolent. You can't even, like... I would say, like, you can't jump on a turtle or throw a fireball in it even. You know, it's like it's a completely nonviolent game. The only thing you can do is help things out in the game. You know, like, free trapped parrots and, and uh, you know, like, bring music and color to the world. And if that piques their interest, we can tell them a little bit more about it. Like, how the levels start really gray and dark. And then the more you play through the level, the more the color comes in. Uh, it, it's so subtle. And Ari's art is so, like, clean that... Uh, it's easy to sometimes get caught up in the mechanics of the game and not realize that like the stars are disappearing and the clouds are coming out. The sun is coming out while you're, while you're playing. And also the music is changing in the background in three different ways. And uh, so I think there's like, we're trying to hit you as the player with so many different ways to trigger a sense of progress and a, a sense of moving out of the darkness and into the light that there's usually one or two for people uh, on, onto which people can latch. But explaining that in like actual language, I get a lot of like inquisitive stares. They're like, mm, that sounds interesting. Maybe I'll look it up. But <laughs> if you can actually put the game in front of them, which is one of the values of it being able to be played on, you know, kind of any laptop or anything, uh, is like, I can always pull that out and be like, oh, here you go. Just, just give it a shot, you know, plug in a controller and, and give it a go. So, I mean, as you say, the game's like a bright, colourful, non-violent, music-based sort of platform game. I'm just wondering, do you guys have a favourite music in another game? Either a series or just a one-off game? 
<laughs> a favorite song is is that like a favorite song? I think I I like the uh, all all the music in the game is is very pretty. Um, I, I my favorites are I think the uh, island uh, world. Um, I grew up uh, near the beach, so to me, going into the islands world and then listen to the music just kind of reminds me of like, oh, okay, I think I, this reminds a little bit of being home. Um, but the entire the, the, the theme, I think, of all all of them is is very pretty. What what do you think, Beth? That's I mean, they're all my babies. Uh, yeah, so I, I it's hard to choose, but if I had to choose a favorite child of these, I would probably say maybe the main theme. The, like when you start it up and you get that main menu or, or when you complete a level and you get that I was really going for kind of like a, a heroes returning uh, you know knights of the old returning victoriously trumpet like march and uh, except like on the acoustic guitar with synths and bongos so it's like it's very different but I think it gets that triumphant feel of like Oh, I did. I did accomplish something, and I'm, I'm returning to something really interesting. But I, I, I actually really like the clouds music a lot too. The more I listen to it all, um, there, there are very small moments of simplicity in there that I, that I really enjoy. So, is there, is music something you do like at a personal level? Um, like, do you create your own stuff in your free time, or is it something you've picked up for, to, for the game, or, or? or? You know. Oh sure, yeah. Actually, I've been playing music now for uh, longer than I care to admit because yeah. I'm an old guy. But yeah, I, I play. Uh, I, I try to play for at least thirty minutes every day, and lately I've been playing for about an hour and a half every every single okay. day. Okay, nice. Uh, so I've uh, I've actually I've done music and or sound for uh, I think like over a dozen games, uh, some like Android games, iOS games. Uh, Ten years okay. ago, actually, no, eight years ago now, almost exactly to the day because it was 2010 in February. I, at the probably the biggest release I, I did was the music and sound for uh, Stargate uh, third-person shooter. Uh, nice. Yeah, February 2010. So I, it, it's something that I've been doing for a long time, and uh, so the the way that the music mixes in real time in this game is actually a system uh, of which I'm I'm really proud because I don't think I've seen a game do it quite the same way that I'm doing it in this. Nice. It's it's nice to see games when people have a passion for what they're doing, and it comes through when you're playing the game as well. So that's nice. nice. Thanks. Yeah, I think that was a big focus for Ari and I. Like Ari's one of my favorite people on the planet, and uh, very early on, we decided like if we don't agree on something, we're not going to do it. Yeah. And that led us to be just kind of more sincere with our like designs and, and the music and the art and everything. It was really like, yeah, I, I would have never made any of the art that he made mainly because I can't, mm-hmm. but uh, it, as soon as he did, I was like, wow, I never would have made that, but that's really cool, and then that started informing like how the music was going to shape to reinforce the look of the game, and then that started to reinforce the way that the gameplay would work together, and so we built this kind of like critical mass of, of momentum of us just kind of sharing ideas, yeah. I think in a way that in a bigger studio, definitely in the, the bigger teams on which I've worked, it, it doesn't work out the same way, or even when you're working like truly remotely with someone you don't have like a real connection with, uh, it, yeah. it me like um, I think that the the product itself it's hard to think of it as a product but I think the product itself like really has a level of like honesty to it that uh, of which I'm like very proud yeah like more organic than your big studios I suppose I'm hoping 
So I will ask a difficult question. Even though the game's not officially out yet, is there anything either of you would have changed with the game that would make it better in your own opinion? Um, we, I actually don't, uh, you know how you probably hear this from many people and I think in all of our lives we've always done a project uh, whether at work or school or anything that we've created, that there's always that question, you know, that's like, oh, what could I have done different? In in my personal opinion, the fact that right from day from day one, Dev just said, "Do your thing," and he didn't question much of like, why are your why do these flowers look like this other? Why are your trees this blah 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 blah? He just kind of went with it. So I really I personally. I got to do everything I ever wanted to do in a game and nobody <laughs> stopped me. So I just kept going. Um, so uh, I don't know. I, I don't have any, anything that I'm like, Oh man, I wish we would have had, you know, flying dragons with uh, beams out of their robotic eyes. Uh, no. I mean, everything I, I wanted to put in the game is in the game. I don't know. The flying dragons with the beams out of the robotic eyes sounds pretty cool. I wouldn't mind that. Yeah, <laughs> is that going to be the next game? <laughs> uh, yeah, just nuked too. Uh, I think uh, for me, the, I'm I'm super proud of the game as it is. I, I think I would like to have just been uh, been able to have been as crazy with the like menuing system as I was as we were able to get with the game. Um, not that. You know, we actually did some really cool stuff with that that um, was informed by Ari. It was like, I've got this idea of, like, the notes will just come down into the screen. Can you do that? And he did this to me at least a billion times. And I was like, I don't know how to do that. And then I had to figure it out. Uh, but I, I think if we um, if we had, like, another year, we would probably do something crazy. We're going to do – actually, that's going to be the next game. It's just going to be called Menu, the game. And it's going to be <laughs> nothing else. But, but I, I – I, that's that's one of those aspects where it's like I, I always feel like I want to push myself in it. There was actually a really weird prototype at one point in time where the menu was all this crazy moving stuff, and then I was like, nobody understands it whenever we put it in front of people, so it's probably a good reason we didn't do that. Uh, but other than that, I think I, I would have liked to um, to maybe just like I always want to push the audio just a little bit more, you know, just a time, just a just a hair more, just a sheet of paper thickness more. So what is there's always more that I want to do, but I'm, I'm super proud of it, but I would probably want to do like just a little bit more variation from level to level in audio. And, and the average player, 99.9% of the people would probably not even notice, but like what happens right now is the bass always fades in and then the percussion fades in and then the, like the main melody and then the, the harmony. And then there's always a, an augmenting layer. And then the actual like drum track comes in after the, you know, on top of the percussion, I would probably randomize the order in which those faded in while the, uh, like the, the adaptive music is playing on top based on what you're doing. And the, um, the drone sound, like the sound of the darkness moves down. I would probably randomize the order in which the other stem tracks faded. in. I mean, I was just sort of thinking when you're talking about menus, I remember, I mean, I play a lot of retro stuff, and I turned on me all like Sega Saturn. I can't even remember which. I think it was a racing game. I could not figure out how to start the race. There was just like <laughs> coloured blobs everywhere, all over the screen, and for the life of me, I could not work out how the hell to work the menu. I'm I have that thing a lot actually with stuff too, where I'm like, 
this is clearly clever. It's just not good. So yeah. it's probably good that we didn't embrace that. I'm so glad that nowadays it's a lot clean and minimalist. It's just mm-hmm. easy to work out what the hell you're doing. Yeah. It, Actually, it, it reminded, reminded of me. our main menu the other day and was like, oh, I really like your menu. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I wanted mm-hmm. to be with it. Reminded me of the old uh, DVD interactive menus. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You can't beat an interactive menu, can you? <laughs> <laughs> Some people tried to make those cool, uh, and they, like, overdid it. So uh, yeah. I'm glad that, that we're, like, in that realm of, like, oh, <laughs> we tried something interesting. It was a bonus feature on some DVDs. <laughs> <laughs> so I think we've taken up a lot of your time. <laughs> Um, so if you just want to just go back over, where can the game be gotten, when will it be released, and the price? Sure. So it'll uh, be available February 14th, 2018 on Itch.io, as well as on Utomic. And uh, the it'll be at a very highly discounted price at launch, but uh, the MSRP is uh, 999 USD, and it'll definitely be much lower than that at launch and probably for a while after. That. This has been awesome. So, thank you so much, David and Dean, for having us on. It's not a yes, problem. Thank you. Very Last question I want to ask is: Is there any embargoes on streaming? No, we've got a few <laughs> streams out there right now. So feel free right. to do whatever you'd like. So after I've edited this all together, this will go up Sunday, and I will have a quick go on the game and put maybe like twenty minutes, half an hour of the game up on our channel as well. Fantastic! Sounds Very cool. cool. So thank you guys, it's been an absolute pleasure and I wish you all the success because I don't know about everyone else but I am sick of first person shooters Yes, a new one every 20 seconds And and it's all people ever ask me to play with them, it's really (laughs) they're always like oh yeah let's go play this and I'm like it's it's kind of the same experience as playing the last game with you Uh, and uh, what what I've started to experience, I'm sorry, now I'm just kind of rambling, but I think the, the Switch is starting to bring back like people sitting around playing together in, in a way. I love the Switch. So yeah, yeah it's, it's a magical device for sure. Yeah. I'm hoping that affects what gaming kind of can be you know, a fun toy again. Not just murder simulators. Yeah, yeah. it's supposed to be fun. It's yeah. supposed to be fun. I totally well, I'm, I'm definitely going to pick your game up, guys. I'm liking the look of it. It looks like my kind of thing. I, admittedly, I'll buy it at the cheap price rather than waiting for it to go back up. But. That's fine. <laughs> Much appreciated. Okay, thank, thank you, guys. You. Thanks, guys. Peace. See ya. Thank you. See you later. Fly through space. Rescue cats. Score big points. Download Per Rocket for free today. Visit www.perrocket.com. And we're back. It's still me, David, and it's still Dean. Hello. And hopefully we've just finished a chat with the developers for Newt 1. It's episode 220 of the One Up Gaming podcast. And we're now here just to do the goodbyes and the other stuff that we have to do every week. So basically, please visit our website, which is oneupgaming.co.uk. Got new reviews added. Well, I guess one person puts reviews up, you know. I'll have to... (laughs) So I've stopped doing so much work and started doing some more bits and bobs for it. We do have a Patreon site, which is www.patreon.com slash O-U-G. 
And please, if you like what we do, just go on there. Just give us a dollar a month. It helps greatly. We have official merchandise at bluecyborg.com. So t-shirts, mugs, that type of thing. We have an album out. It's called Games Inspired Music. Every sale that we get, 20% of that will go to the Child's Play Charity. And you can just Google it. Just Google Games Inspired Music. It's on Spotify and all those sort of streaming services, so you can stream it. And we still get like a like 0. 0.001 pence for every song played. Um, we've got our first 100 podcasts. Um, and it's like a, It looks like a cassette tape, but it's like a... A USB thumb drive, and it comes in a like a little cassette box. It's quite it's quite nice. There, that's available from audiobooksontape.com, and that's nine pound and one pound of that goes to Diabetes UK. It also has an exclusive interview with Sans Pants Radio, so that's available. And yeah, going down. Please check out our Facebook, our YouTube, even our Twitch channel. Just search one up gaming or go to our website, it's got links on there. If you want to message us on Twitter, it's at OUG Official. Or if you want to message us via email, it's contact at oneupgaming.co.uk. And as you know, Dean, everyone has to say, please subscribe to us and give five stars for uh, positive feedback. It helps when people are searching for podcasts mm-hmm. and it really helps us surface to the top of the, the actual podcast itself. So the more the better. So, it was your first ever episode, Dean. How did you mm. think that went? I thought that was good. It was a nice little chat, actually. Um, I hope everyone enjoyed it. Uh, I think next time I might do, I might uh, buy some more games to talk about <laughs> a little bit more, you know. But, but like I say, normally yeah, we yeah. sometimes have the what new games are out this week and the top ten sales, and we go into detail on that. But this week... I just thought we'd just have a quick one, go through, and hopefully, if everything's gone correct, which you will know by now or not, if we've had the interview or not. So, it's been One Up Gaming, episode 220, me, David, and Dean, saying thank you for listening, and see you next week. See you later. Hi, Justin the Voice here. First of all, we'd like to thank you for listening. Seriously. We really like it when you listen. Yes. But if you'd like to do more than just listen, if you'd like to help us out, well, we have an idea just for you. Visit our Patreon page at www.patreon.com O-U-G. Your monthly micropayment will help us keep going all night long, baby. Oh, yeah. Mostly because we usually record at night. Yeah. But don't worry, baby. We got something for you, too. We've got special benefits for all of our Patreon subscribers. Yeah. Again, that's www.patreon.com slash O-U-G.